NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Malik, and you're listening to Pot of Fame, a podcast where we break down former athletes and decide whether or not they should get a call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about former Buffalo Bills special teamer Steve Tasker and whether or not he should get into the Football Hall of Fame. And joining us in just a moment to discuss Tasker's career is Lindsay D'Arcangelo from The Athletic. But before we bring Lindsay on, let's talk a little more about Tasker. So when I say Tasker was a special teamer, I'm not talking about a kicker or a punter or really even a kick returner or a punt returner. He, he dabbled in, in those two things, but um, really that wasn't his primary role. Steve Tasker's primary role was as a gunner. He was the guy trying to block field goals. He was the guy trying to block punts on, on a kickoff. He's the guy running down the field trying to tackle the kick returner. That was what Steve Tasker's role was on a football team, and he excelled at it and was that much better than anyone else in the league that he is getting Hall of Fame consideration today and has been getting Hall of Fame consideration for really the last almost 10 years. And we're going to go into just why, how much better he was than you know, the rest of the people at this position and why he transcended the position of a gunner to the point where, again, he could end up in Ken. But when it comes to someone like Steve Task, you know, his Hall of Fame candidacy is, it's very interesting, right? We don't have the normal stats that we can just go to. But here's what I can tell you. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler as a gunner. He appeared in 19 playoff games, including four Super Bowls. He was on all four of those Buffalo Bill Super Bowl teams during the early 90s. Now, we all know they didn't win those Super Bowls, but he still played a prominent role on those teams. He had 204 career special teams tackles, seven career block punts, nine career force fumbles, including two of them in the playoffs, and seven career fumble recoveries, one of them being in the playoffs. And, and you know, Statistically, that's really all I can get into here. He, he again, he returned the ball on kickoff sometimes, punt sometimes. He dabbled at receiver sometimes, but really, we are talking about him as a Hall of Famer because of his ability to really be, I would say, the best special teamer of all time. And most people would as well. And Lindsay and I are going to go a bit into why his candidacy is so uh, difficult to assess and, and why maybe voters are having trouble getting him into the Hall of Fame. So before we get Lindsay on, a few other quick things here. One, any Buffalo Bills fan listening today, congratulations on your win um, on Saturday. You're continuing on, and really the last time you had a home game was when Steve Tasker was on the football team. So I know it's been a while in the playoffs for you. Congratulations um, as you move on, and and hopefully you can continue that streak. Lindsay and I actually talk a little bit about the Bills team um, at the beginning of the podcast. The other thing I want to mention, so Lindsay and I talked early last week. It was actually the day before the finalists for this year, 2021's Hall of Fame uh, finalists were, were released. So Steve Tasker was a semifinalist this year. He was one of the top 25 people remaining on the ballot. Uh, so Lindsay and I recorded last Monday, and of course, when Tuesday, when the finalist list was released, um, Steve Tasker did not make that final cut. So he made it to the list of 25 people, but did not on the final cut 15. So uh, Lindsay and I did not know that at the time we were recording, but throughout this, you might hear us talking about, will he be a finalist this year? What are his chances this year? Obviously, Steve Tasker will not get in this year. 
Um, he has been a semifinalist many times um, throughout, again, the last decade. Never been a finalist. I really thought this year he would be. Uh, however, he is not. He will have a few remaining years left on the ballot before he'll have to be considered by a senior committee um, later on. But um, Steve Tasker will not be in the 2021 Hall of Fame class. Um, so just keep that in mind as you're listening. Now, I will probably continuously replay this episode uh, moving forward. So 2022 comes along. I'll probably put this back out there, 2023. So if you're, you're listening in those years, you know, welcome to the pod. Hopefully, we're not wearing masks anymore and, and we're enjoying better times than we are today. Um, so again, if, if you're listening then, maybe he's a finalist at this point. Maybe he's in the Hall of Fame already. But just being just to be clear, this year, 2021, Steve Tasker will not be in, you know, a finalist for the Hall of Fame. He will not be able to get in the Hall of Fame this year. But again, I think it's important to continuously bring his candidacy to light because as a special teamer, as Lindsay and I will discuss throughout this, it's very hard to get the proper recognition because again, you, there's no one to compare him to, which we're getting to a bit. There's no one in the Hall of Fame like him today. There's only four special teamers in general, which are kickers and one punter in the Hall of Fame today. So the odds are kind of stacked against him. But again, as Lindsay and I are going to discuss throughout this pod, he really like there's no one close to him throughout history. So he really stands alone. And again, if you are, it kind of poses the question, right? If you're the best at your position, even though it's a gunner, it's not a quarterback or running back, a D lineman, you're not impacting the game maybe as much as you know, any other position on the team, if you really are the best at the position you're playing on the field throughout your career and throughout NFL history, is that enough to get in the Hall of Fame? We're going to try to answer that question today. So with all of that out of the way, let's bring on Lindsay. All right. So I'd like to welcome our very first guest of 2021 to the pod. Lindsay D'Arcangelo. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here with you. All right. So Lindsay is a writer for The Athletic, and she also has a book coming out this November titled Hail Mary, The Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League. And we're going to talk about that near the end of the podcast. But before we get to the main event of today, talking about the Hall of Fame candidacy of Steve Tasker, a former Buffalo Bill, Lindsay, it's January 4th. Yesterday, the Buffalo Bills clinched the number two seed in the AFC playoffs by demolishing the Dolphins 56 to 26. They play the Colts next Saturday in Buffalo for the first Buffalo playoff game, I believe, since 1996 when Steve Tasker was still on the team. Lindsay, before we jump into Steve Tasker, I got to ask back in September, did the number two seed in the AFC seem like a reasonable outcome for the season? Well, to be honest, like the past 10 years, I've been reluctant to guess the, the uh, end results of, of the Buffalo Bills in each season because most of the time what seemed like progress and seemed like, you know, they, they were figuring it out would end up in disappointment. So I've refrained from doing that. I, I really didn't know. Um, I know we've seen some progression there. I know we've seen some great roster building, having Stefan Diggs added before the season was a huge lift, but you just, you still didn't know with Josh, right. You know, is um, his completion percentage was 
still pretty average. He was, you know, kind of, he, he had a, he showed signs last season of moving forward, but also signs of taking a couple steps back. So you weren't really sure, but man, did, did he work on his mechanics and that I I'm so impressed with this kid. I can't even tell you. And just the chemistry, I think that um, coach Sean McDermott has, has put together in the locker room. These guys are having fun. They're, they're friends. You can tell that they're friends. They get along. And when you have that kind of off the field connection, it, it translate uh, on field in, in incredible ways. And so once they started winning in the beginning of the season, you start, you started to see some momentum build. I, I started to get like, okay, this team is for real because they would still play those games where you'd be like, and this is a, every Bills fan will tell you this. Uh, it's, this is not good, you know, or they'd start, they'd get ahead, but you never really felt like they were going to hold on to the lead or going into the fourth quarter. If they needed a last a minute drive to to pull out the win you never felt that full confidence but everybody's feeling it now so <laughs> to go back to your question i um i'm not surprised but i'm not it wasn't ex- it wasn't expected either you know it's just it's just good it's just yeah. good to see and, and with josh allen again I, as a i mean i'm not a buffalo bill fans by any means but i I was surprised by that pick when they picked him out of Wyoming just because he was so raw coming into this year. I didn't know what to see. But, I mean, he put almost – I mean, he's in the MVP discussion if you want to be yeah. – I mean, if we want to be perfectly he honest. And, and, and I would have never guessed – I mean, I don't know what the Vegas odds were at the beginning of the year, yeah. but um, they had to be – anyone who bet on that has to feel quite good. I don't think he'll get it, but he's now in the conversation. He's really come a long way. Diggs could not have worked out any better. And um, the offensive firepower you have, I don't – think you've had since the Jim Kelly Thurman Thomas days looking at the playoffs now I mean what what would your I don't want to put you on the spot but I'm going to put you on the spot what what's your prediction for this team could they I think the Chiefs everyone thinks they're going to end up in that AFC championship if the Bills get there I mean how do you feel about that do you think the Bills have a legitimate chance of ending up in the Super Bowl this year I do. And I do think they could beat the chiefs that when they played the chiefs, they were still in the game for most of the game and they played horribly. They, they went out there and laid an egg. They, it was just, it was a, it was a horrible showing uh, against a really good team. And they do have the ability, especially the, like you mentioned, the offensive um, firepower to stay in a game with the chiefs to like trade touchdowns. Uh, the defense definitely has to play better, but I do think they could, they could, uh, they could beat the chiefs. The funny thing is the last time they played the chiefs in um, an AFC championship game, I believe it was 1994, um, 1993 or 1994. No, it was 1993. One of the two. And I was there, I was uh, a kid and I was there and with my father, my father took me to the game because I am also a chiefs fan. Um, How does that work? <laughs> I, I know it's crazy, right? Okay. Short story. I'll try to sum it up real quick. When I was like 12, 13 years old and, um, you know, Nintendo was popular and Tecmo Bowl was just like the football game to play. I would always be the Kansas City Chiefs when I played against my brothers because of their running back, Christian Okoye. Nigerian nightmare. The Nigerian nightmare. Um, and they also, you know, I was a big Joe Montana fan and he came over there. So I just, I started following the Chiefs. Like I would collect football cards. I have anytime there, the team appeared in the Buffalo news, I clip out newspaper clippings. I had a whole folder of clippings and kept, 
kept stats. I mean, I was a huge Chiefs fan. I had a Chiefs starter jacket, which my dad didn't let me wear to that game because he thought, you know, I would get razzed. But anyway, so yeah, it was, it all comes back to Tech Bowl. That's what started me on that train. And I've just been a Chiefs fan ever since. So last year was a good year that they, they won the Super Bowl. But when it comes to Chiefs Bills, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's usually Bills for me. But, okay. you know, I'm okay with whoever wins. But this year I want the Bills to win. It, it's, it's the time. Well, your, te- your two teams are 1-2. I, I, that yeah, can't happen pretty, too often. That's, that's pretty, pretty good, sweet. Right? So you got, you got good odds, I guess, of one of your teams getting in the Super Bowl, I would say. Yeah. I, can't, I can't envision a future. The Steelers don't look like anything anymore. I don't really mm-hmm. believe in the Ravens. So I think you're going to be rooting for someone in the Super Bowl pretty strongly. So you have a good uh, February ahead of you for that. Um, and, and before we, we move on to Steve Tasker, I got to ask, you know, I know they're finally letting Bills fans into the stadium yeah. for this first playoff game. Are, are, are you going to be there? I think it's only 7,000. Uh, I am not going to be there, uh, but I, I know people who are. And I, I know season ticket holders and people who are going to be covering the game. Um, as well. So I think it's a good thing. I it's that it's, it's hard, right? Because this is, this has been so long, such a long time coming and you want Bill's fans to be able to experience it. But at the same time with COVID and everything, you know, you have to be cautious, but um, I'm glad they're figuring out a way to, to do it and hopefully do it, you know, responsibly. And um I don't know. I think it would be a good thing to go to the game and not be having fans right on top of you have space. Now I have to wait in lines to go to the, you know, to go to the bathroom or go get a beverage. I think whoever ends up going is going to have a real, real fun experience. Yeah. And I'm looking forward. It's the early game on Saturday. So it's going to kick off the, the playoffs for us. And I'm looking forward to that. And, and I'm happy again. I hope everyone is doing it in a safe way. I'm sure they will all the safety uh, measures are being taken, but it is fun for the Bills fans to, to finally get in that stadium this year, and especially for a playoff game that hasn't happened since 96. So let's shift then to a member of that 96 Bills team and the topic of today, Steve Tasker. So, so Steve Tasker, all five foot nine, 185 pounds of him. He is a, again, a semifinalist for the hall of fame. And he's been a semifinalist many years mm-hmm. now to get into the hall of fame and would be the very first, just true special teamer to get in. There's been kickers and punters, but a, a gunner like himself, he would be the very first Lindsay. When I say the name Steve Tasker, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, first I just want to say that I think this is the seventh time he's made the 25 list of finals could be maybe one or one more than that. And I'm pretty sure it's seven though. And he's been going through this process for like 20 years. <laughs> so it's just, it's just every time the conversation comes up and I know, cause I've talked to him a few times, I interviewed him for an article I wrote in 2016, making the case for him to get into the hall of fame. And also I did a Q and a with him for the athletic Buffalo um, last, uh, last winter. So I know he's, he's kind of tired of the conversation and that, and not in a bad way. And this is what I'm going to answer your question right now. My first thought is how humble he is. Mm. Um, how, just how he was, a, here's a guy who woke up every day feeling so lucky that he got to go out and play football for a living. And 
just just that the fact that he was in the NFL and the fact that he was on the Bills, he was so grateful. And it showed in the way that he played. He played 110% every time uh, uh, the ball was snapped. And, you know, you could see it in his highlights and his hustle. And he doesn't want anything. He doesn't want the credit for that. For him, he's just, I just, he made... He made the most of every snap, and and those that those that's an exact quote that he has said to me before. He knew he wasn't going to get many opportunities to play, but when he did that, he wanted to make the most of it, and um, that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and, and I mean he he really is. I, I've I've seen some of the interviews with him. I, I I know it's he always comes up because again he it's hard for him to get lost in the shuffle, right? Of all these semifinalists, you have. The normal people you're going to find there, there's always going to be quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, D linemen. There's no one quite like Steve Tasker. And for people outside of Buffalo that, you know, he, you know, he was, you know, he was in the limelight a lot. He was on, you know, the, those bills teams that they made to the Super Bowl four consecutive years. He was, he played in, I believe 19 playoff games. He played in seven pro bowls. He was on the national stage quite a bit, but at the same time, he was a special teams player. And, Outside of Steve Tasker, if you ask the average football fan, if you can name a special teamer from another team, not your own team, you know your own guys, but from another team, I don't know how many people they can name besides besides like a Steve Tasker. He's one of the few I know outside of my own division, I would say. I know I, I'm a Bears fan. I know my NSU North, I, North. I know who the special team players are on the other teams, but I can't tell you who the special teams players on the bills this year. No, but Steve Tasker kind yeah. of was a guy who everyone knew yeah. about. Yeah. And because he made plays that he made such memorable plays that his, the play stuck out and the name stuck out. I mean, most people I think would mention kick returners, right. Or punt returners. Sure. Um, when they think of people who excelled at, at the special teams position, but no one who did it, well, he did return some kicks and punts, but no one who did it from a coverage standpoint. Yes. And, and, and his, the coverage highlights stand out. And going to our, our, our second short segment here, uh, Lindsay, we call this That Memorable Moment. And this is where we really talk about, you know, what is a defining moment of a candidate's career? And this can be whatever you want it to be, honestly. It could be a single play he made, a certain game, even a season, or even a moment that you maybe saw firsthand. So if I'm talking about Steve Tasker and we're talking about a defining moment of his career, what would you say that moment was for you? For me, it was the uh, 1993 Pro Bowl game. You know, back when the Pro Bowl was, you know, there was a little competitive edge to it, but it was, you know, it was still fun to watch and, you know, the, the just – just to watch the talent level. He, he was the MVP of the game. He had four tackles, a forced fumble, a blocked kick. And when you, when you watch the game, it's like a Steve Tasker highlight reel all rolled into one. Um, the forced fumble itself was on, was on a punt return where he ended up getting blocked to the ground. The punt returner ran past him, gets up and chases the punt returner down, punches the ball out from behind. And that's just, that play itself is just quintessential Steve Tasker, you know, just goes all out, plays not over till it's over. Um, and, you know, this, it's, a, it's the Pro Bowl. It's essentially a meaningless game, um, a game for pride, but that's what makes his effort all the more admirable 
because he didn't care. It was still a game to him. And I don't think not, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that there's no other special teams player in history who's won a Pro Bowl MVP. No, that is exactly what I have written down here too. There is no other special teams player that has won the Pro Bowl MVP. I will, I think it's pretty safe to say we will never see another special teams MVP in the Pro Bowl just because of how it's played today. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Steve Tasker would not fit in in today's Pro Bowl. Um, I, you know, you go back and you watch the Pro Bowl, as you said, it, it used to kind of be an actual game. I mean, even up to 10, 15 years ago, it's still an actual game. Like people playing special teams, people tackling. Now it's more of a two-hand touch. I don't even know really what I don't even really watch it anymore. Yeah. But maybe. but a but someone um someone on special teams winning the MVP of an all-star game is I didn't know about this until I did the research. Um, I think this should honestly be talked about more. This should get some sort of 30 for 30 mini series because <laughs> this is honestly incredible. Someone who's only on the field for, if you combine the, the totality of, of his playing time, maybe a minute of the game and he can win the MVP award by making two impact plays in, in one game in, in the pro bowl against all-star caliber players when they were actually trying. And again, that um, block punt, that was returned, or I'm sorry, yeah, the black punt that was returned. It was a tie game 13-13, and that put the AFC ahead 2013. That pretty much won the game for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, it, it is incredible. It shows just how impactful Steve Tasker is. And anyone that says, and we'll get to this kind of the case against Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame, anyone that says, you know, special teams is not that important, or, um, you know, those players are the guys that, you know, can't really play on offense or can't play on defense. So they're just there. They're the leftovers. When someone can impact the game that greatly and be an MVP of an all-star game, I think that kind of, that really hurts their case because it just shows just how important he was. And again, a special teamer, a gunner being the MVP of a Pro Bowl, even though I know people hate on the Pro Bowl, it is something that we should all remember. And it's the only time I'm ever going to talk about the Pro Bowl I think in a positive light in, in this, in this case, really, because now it's a disaster, but 93, they were still trying like they do. If you haven't listeners today, look up YouTube clips of it. It's pretty fantastic what he does. Um, and it really stands out. So Lindsay, I have the same exact thing down for the memorable moment here. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's just literally a Steve Tasker highlight reel, um, that game. And, and one of the announcers, actually, I think it's after he blocks the kick that gets returned for, for a touchdown said, you know, I think, I think the MVP of this game is Steve Tasker hands down. So now for our final mini segment, before we get to case four case against Lindsay, we call this and twins. And this is a little tough for Steve Tasker, but what we usually do here is we talk about a player in the Hall of Fame today already that most resembles Steve Tasker. And as, it, as we covered at the beginning of the podcast, there's no one like Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame today. There are four special teamers in general, including kickers and punters, in the Hall of Fame today. Um, the, the very first was Lou Graza, who was put in the Hall of Fame in 1974. He was a kicker. But this was all the way back then. <laughs> he played in the 40s and 50s where people played both ways. He also played tackle for them. 
-hmm. Think about that for a second, a kicker playing tackle. That is hilarious. <laughs> um, no one got in again until uh, 1991 when Jan Stinnerud, he was a kicker, got in. And then up until 2014, no special teamers got in. Ray Guy, the famous puncher for the Raiders, finally got in in 2014, making him the very first puncher to get in the Hall of Fame. And then Morton Anderson just got elected in 2017. So two Hall of Famers last decade got in. Um, he was a kicker as well. So there's three kickers in, one punter, no kick returners, and definitely no gunners. So Steve Tasker would be the very first of his kind. So I, I thought, Lindsay, here we could kind of tackle just the idea of, you know, what are your thoughts on do special teamers belong in the Hall of Fame, and why is that such a hard conversation for voters to have? Well, I think it's because, you know, so, so many previous votes have been, you know, stats. It's, it's all about stats. That's what it really comes down to. And a lot of uh, pro football Hall of Fame voters rely on stats to make their case. You don't have stats with, with a special teams player. You know, you have impact plays that definitely shifted momentum and definitely changed games. But how do you quantify that? You know, and in, in a voting process where you need to quantify things, that's that's hard um what player in the hall of fame would i compare tasker to i mean you can't because there isn't you said you know you have a punter in ray guy and then you have the two pure kickers in morton anderson and and jen stenerud but you know if you're able to i mean what's the stats for them you know is it how far they kicked or you know how how consistent they were and, and you know how does that break down i think getting Morton Anderson in um, just was another maybe nudge in the direction. But um, I mean, Deion Sanders is in and uh, you can't tell me that he's in just for his um, play at uh, on defense alone as a cornerback. I think him being a kick returner and what he did to kind of uh, put that position in the spotlight and take that to a whole nother level is, is, it has to come into account. And then there's talk of Devin Hester, you being a, a Chicago bears fan would know that he's not getting in the hall of fame for anything, but uh, his ability at kick returner, if he does. So um, I think it's starting to nudge in that direction, but you know, that's the rub. That's, that's the, 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 the point that many hall of famers make is how do you quantify, you know, what's the basis of putting Steve in? But then you have Marv Levy, who's the coach, who was the coach of the Buffalo Bills during Steve Tasker's years there. And I've spoken to him a few times. You can't deny that special teams is a part of the game. It may be not as influential now as it was back in the 90s, but it was in the night. It was very impactful in the 90s. I mean, field position was was huge, especially with, um, you know, the, the teams weren't as high powered in their offenses back then as they are today. So um, field position definitely uh, came into play. And you can't deny that Tasker and what he did on special teams made an impact in that regard. And so, like I said, there's no one that you can really compare him to, but, but maybe that's the point. There's no one who did what he did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when it comes to you, you brought up Devin Hester, and that is a – podcast for a later day we will hmm. definitely be doing but when it comes to the returners I mean before Devin Hester there's been other greats there was Mel Gray there's Brian Mitchell and then there was Devin Hester 
again, some of the best at their position. It was a position on the field, kick and punt returns. Something Steve Tasker did occasionally, but no, nowhere near the level of these guys. But mm-hmm. I mean, Lindsay, down the road, do you, do you feel like a Devin Hester deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Would you want a kick returner to, to get in if they were determined to be the best of their time? I mean, yeah, it's again, this is a position that's part of the game. You can't pick and choose and say, well, this position's more important because what if a kick returner in a tie game with like a minute to go, and I'm sure this has happened numerous times, uh, runs one back, ends up winning the game. I mean, that matters. Like, and plus, you know, if you have from a statistical point of view, let's say they average a certain amount of yards, it's just never been done before, or score how many, ever many touchdowns. In, in a game on punts and kicks that's never been done before. I mean, those are markers. Those are historic markers. Why, why aren't they, why shouldn't they be honored? Yeah. And, and one more point, and you brought this up quite a bit. It's a really great point. It's why the voters, I believe as well, have such a hard time. With Steve Tasker is you can't quantify how great he was really because the stats weren't there. Um, there's some diehard fans out there. You're not going to find this on NFL reference really or anything like that, but there's diehard Bills fans that go back and, and maybe it's not just Bills fans, just historians of the game that go back and count some of the numbers that you're not going to find in any kind of box score or anything like that. So when it comes to Steve Tasker's stats, 204 career special team tackles, where that ranks all time, I could not find for the life of me mm-hmm. any sort of list there, but take that for what it's worth. It was 204 career special teams tackles in 195 games. So Uh, That's over one a game, seven career block punts, nine career forced fumbles, two of those being in the playoffs and seven career fumble recoveries. One of those being in the playoffs. So again, you take that for what it's worth, but you can't really compare it to you. I can't tell you how, you know, where he ranks on the all time block punts list or, or anything like that, or special teams uh, tackles list. But what I can tell you and what we could all see is that he made impactful plays all the time for a team that was constantly winning and everyone around the game always pointed to him as being the best at his position. I think that does mean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and getting into our, our final segment here, Lindsay, we call this court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is where we do the case for case against for Steve Tasker. To kind of kick us off here, and then I have a few questions for you around Tasker's case. If if someone were to come up to you and and just right off the bat be like, you know, why does Tasker deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? What would kind of your one minute elevator pitch be on on Tasker's Hall of Fame candidacy? Well, I think I'd start with saying what I kind of ended with in the last um, segment was there is no one there is no one really like him. If you look at the history of the game and you were just saying that he made, he pretty much made over one tackle per game that he was in. There are some special teams players who don't make, who make zero tackles all season long. You know, he sought out, he sought out those tackles. Like he could start at one side of the field and end up getting to the returner. He just, he had a knack for it. I mean, he changed the way the position was, perceived i i think special teams was just a way to get on a roster he made it an art form um seven-time pro bowler that speaks for itself we already mentioned being the uh, pro bowl mvp the first time and only time in history that's ever been done and then uh he was also special teams player of the year in 1995 i just um 
I think if if you more than the stats, because again, you can't quantify it. If you just go back and look at the games he played and look how he played and look what he did on the field, that to me is 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 memorable enough and significant enough. Yeah, and I, and I want to talk a bit about his his role on the on those Buffalo Bills teams of the early '90s, and and again, those are some of the best teams ever not to win a Super Bowl. I mean, to make it to four consecutive Super Bowls from '91 to '94, that doesn't happen by accident. And that team um, from '91 to '94 featured um, prominently four Hall of Famers. Um, you know, Bruce Smith, of course, on defense; Jim Kelly, Andre Reid. And um, Thurman Thomas on offense. And then I think the other two key players, and, and Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the Bills expert here. Uh-huh. But the other two players in there, I would say, were, were Steve Tasker and Cornelius Bennett, who's also a semifinalist this year um, for the Hall of Fame. So, so with those kind of being the core players, you know, there's, there's uh, quotes floating around from Mark Levy, Marv Levy, who who really has been very outspoken to the Hall of Fame that Steve Tasker belongs in there. He's written a letter that's very um, circulated uh, to the committee. He wrote a letter of why Steve Tasker should be in the Hall of Fame. There's quotes that Steve, you know, Tasker is the most important player on the team for the team's success. But if you're really looking at those Buffalo Bills teams from the 90s, again, Steve Tasker is just a special teamer. If you had to kind of rank the importance of those key players, the Bruce Smiths, the Jim Kellys, the Andre Reeds, Thurman Thomases, the Cornelius Bennett's, is Tasker last there in importance to team success? Or is he somewhere near the middle? I don't think I'd ever put him first. I think Levy's just being super, super, like, not nice about it, but just not trying to understate the importance that probably everyone else had on Tasker. But in terms of the overall team success, Tasker's obviously on the field a lot less than all these guys. Where do you think he fits in terms of ranking those players on level importance of team success for the Bills? Well, I think what Marv Levy was trying to get at, he, well, he had the special teams background. He came from special teams. It was always something he felt like people underestimated. Um, he, he took a lot more seriously. He, he, looked at it from a strategic point of view. So when he sought out Steve Tasker from the Houston Oilers to get him to Buffalo, that was his main, his main reason. He felt they needed to, to have a spark on, on special teams. And he felt that Steve could be that spark. Um, as far as the list of ranking goes, I mean, you can't say that Steve was more important than Jim Kelly or Andre Reed or Cornelius Bennett or Bruce Smith or Daryl Talley, you know, you, you, or Thurman Thomas. I mean, we can't get into this discussion of, I mean, we, as far as key, key positions goes, there's, there's no comparison there, but, but we're not saying, I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, more important than those positions, but I'm saying that special teams is just as important. There are games they may not have won, or that may have ended in a different way if Steve didn't make certain plays that he did. You can't, that's, that's just a given. Um, so as far as his ranking goes, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him ahead of those guys, but I wouldn't put him last either. You know, if you were to got, go down the entire roster from, from those 90s Bills teams, Steve has to be in the top 10. 
in my mind. Yeah, and, and I promise, Lindsay, this is the last time I'm going to bring up the Pro Bowl just because <laughs> of how much I despise it. But again, with Tasker, it's tough, right? It's tar- We've talked about this over and over, quantifying him, right? I look at those players, and again, this does not mean he's better than any of these players, but if you're looking strictly from Pro Bowl, something we can quantify for Steve Tasker, Bruce Smith, one of the best defenders of all time, seven-time Pro Bowler, Mm -hmm. Steve Tasker, seven-time Pro Bowler, Andre Reid, seven-time Pro Bowler, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Cornelius Bennett, five-time Pro Bowlers. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at just like that, you know, Steve Tasker is the one showing Kelly Thomas Bennett, the, the ropes in Hawaii, he, he went there more often than they did. Mm-hmm. And again, it seems silly to put them in the same sentence sometimes just because of, you know, how I'm Jim Kelly, the ball's in his hands every time on offense. But at the same time, it, when we're looking to try to quantify stuff, that's what you got to do. He's someone, the, the only other special teamer like him that has that much Pro Bowl recognition is someone in the NFL today, Matthew Slater on the Patriots. And again, Bill Belichick is, I feel like one of the, best coaches in terms of special teams performance of his players. Matthew Slater's a nine-time pro bowler, and he's someone who's already, I've, I've heard, generating Hall of Fame interest once he retires. But I don't think he can get in before a Steve Tasker does. I think no. Steve would be the first domino, and then that would open the door for a, uh, a Slater maybe down the way. Yeah, and um, like you said, I mean, he, he made it to those pro bowlers because he was the best – at what, you know, at what he did, you know, he, he got rewarded, you know, he's not getting those, those pro bowl uh, nominees and appearances if he wasn't as good as what people saw. And um, you just, you, you look at, like you said, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, maybe had, they had five each um, because there were other, there are other people who, you know, were good or if not better at that position, Steve was just, he, he was the best. As, as a gunner. Yeah, and, and my last question, Liz, before we kind of do our final verdict here, it, it's around him as a wide receiver. So near the yeah. end of his career, he actually started playing a little more at the receiver position. Actually had a game in the 95 playoffs against Miami where he had five catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. But they really didn't start using him until later on in his career as a receiver when you know, later on in your career, you get slower. It seems like it happened a little Benjamin Bunn situation here. But when it comes to him as a receiver, why, why do you think it was so late in his career where they finally started using him? Was it like, like there's, there's things that go around. I, I take them as jokes. Maybe it's true that, you know, Levy was trying to save him for special teams. He's the one player where you're saving their energy so he could perform his role as a special teamer um, as you know, as opposed to usually you're saving your best players from playing special teams. So they have the energy to play, you know, their primary position. I don't know if that was exactly the case. What, what's your take there? Why was he later on his career? Was it just a need later on his career where in the big, you know, early on they had, they had Reed, they had uh, Lofton, so they didn't need him. Or was it just t- t- like, how did that happen? Why did it happen that way? Why was he not used more as a wide receiver? Cause it looked like he was fully capable to be one. Yeah, and I, I spoke to Jim Kelly and Marv Levy about this as well. And Jim wanted to use him, uh, but be, before the slot receiver position wasn't it wasn't as um, utilized and important as it is today. And uh, Steve, Steve, <laughs> he would have made a great slot receiver. And Jim wanted to use him more. 
Um, but Marv uh, was kind of against that because of Steve's ability on special teams and how important he was to that special teams unit. And the um, Bruce DeHaven, who was the special teams uh, coach back then, um, was was extremely against it. He didn't want um, Steve getting hurt. Um, <clears throat> he wanted him on his uh, on his squad, so that's why he wasn't utilized. Maybe more. And I know fans clamored for it. I know um, lots of Jim clamored for it. It just um, wasn't gonna <laughs> wasn't gonna happen. That's how crucial he was to that special teams unit. Yeah. So, so final verdict here, Lindsay, I ask anyone coming on two different questions here. One, if you had a vote, would you vote Steve Tasker into the hall of fame? And then the second question is, do you think Steve Tasker will end up in the hall of fame at the end of the day? Uh, yes, I would vote him in and two, I don't know. It's, it's a hard room to read. I know it's a lot of older voters you have in there who, who are still um, so stat oriented. Um, it's hard to say, you know, if you kind of want to be a fly um, on the wall just to see the conversation take place. But I think one, one thing you have to take into consideration too, is that when it comes to the game today, special teams just isn't what it used to be. Um, you're never going to have another player like Steve Tasker do what he did and, and accomplish what he accomplished and get the accolades he, he got because you can't approach kicks and punts uh, the same way anymore with rules that have been changed for player safety. Um, you can't overload sides. There's no wedge. Um, there's a lot, a lot of touchbacks. The opportunity just to, to make the plays he made just aren't there anymore. And so, that to me kind of pushes it over the edge, right? There, there probably will never be another Steve Tasker. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my final verdict here, I, I have him in just because as you, as we both said, there, there's no one quite like him. There probably never will be. I mean, he's a gunner who was the pro bowl MVP. He was a gunner who was on the cover of sports illustrated. Um, in 1995, that doesn't happen. People, there's, there's a famous quote, um, per Parcel, he said he had a game plan against Steve right. Tasker. You have to game plan against a special teamer. Um, he, I, I have a firm opinion that if you are the best, and again, there's a lot of positions in football, which is why the football hall of fame out of all the hall of fames is the most unique. Cause there's so many different positions where statistics apply to some players. They don't apply to others. Mm -hmm. In Steve Tasker's instance, it's a, we're all over the place here, but he did a little of everything, but he was the very best at what his position was. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are the very best and no one's really, no one's really like fighting you on that. There's not much a debate of that. I think you need to be in the hall of fame. Now, do I think he'll get in? He has a couple years left as a modern air candidate, and then he'll go and he'll be voted on by like a senior committee. Mm -hmm. I think he might become a finalist before he gets kicked off the modern air. Maybe this year, maybe all the momentum with the bills will boost up Steve Tasker's profile a little bit. Uh, who's to say, but I, I don't think he gets in as a modern candidate. I think he maybe becomes a finalist one year. I think he eventually gets in with the, 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 the veterans committee and the special teamers, as you said earlier, they're just starting to come around a little bit. Like Adam Vinatieri is going to get in when he comes up on the ballot. I think 
two players last decade got in. And before that, there was only two all time. I think they're just starting to get over the hump with the kickers and the punters. I think they're probably maybe 10 to 20 years away from being comfortable with someone else, like a, a kick returner, a gunner. Now let's say Devin Hester gets in soon. Maybe that will open the floodgates. I could see Hester getting in before a tasker. Maybe I think it gets in eventually. I don't think it gets in as a modern air cannon. I think that's what I would have to say there. Yeah. Well, you have, you know, guards, tackles, yeah. centers, there's no stats to quantify, you know, with them. It's all about their play. I think the argument there is that Steve didn't play as many snaps, obviously. <laughs> but again, then you look at it from that point of view and right, he had very minimal snap count to make his mark and look what he did with it. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I, I, again, it will be interesting to see they they're break it down to a finalist list actually within the next couple of weeks. So we'll see if Steve makes it. And then from there they vote right before the super bowl mm-hmm. and whether or not he will will be interesting to see. But um, the guy, again, I don't know how many casual fans know of a Steve task or anyone that follows football or definitely was, you know, a bills fan, of course, but anyone that followed football in the early nineties definitely knows who tasker is. But mm-hmm. if, if you haven't before anyone listening today, go look it up. It's, you don't see anything quite like this anymore. And Lindsay and I talked so much about you know, how good he was on coverage. He was an excellent hitter too for his size at oh, 5'9", 175. He just launched himself into people. <laughs> he liked um, to pop people. He really did. He, he did. Like, with his weight and in his size, it's incredible how the hits he laid on people. It's, it's highlight worthy. It's worth a mm. watch. You don't yeah. see it really anymore in today's. They probably throw a flag, honestly, at this rate, but... Um, Steve Tasker, Hall of Fame Cancy. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, now, Lindsay, before we get you out of here, I do want to spend a little time talking about your book you have coming out later this year. And again, as this is at the beginning of the pod, um, the book is titled Hail Mary, The Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League. Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about what's going to be in this book? What, what to expect? Um, well, it's basically what, what the title says. There was a National Women's Football League that, that formed in 1974, and it lasted for about 12 years. Nobody, nobody knows it existed, um, but it did. And there were teams uh, all over the country from L.A. to Houston to Toledo. Um, and we discuss, I have a, a co-writer, and her name is Brittany uh, De La Creta. She wrote it with me. Um, we explore the history of women's football. There's, there's so much history there that people don't know about and how women have been playing football for, for hundreds, for a hundred years, um, basically, and just trying to, to, to find a way to get on the field and then sort of how that evolved into this league that launched. And, you know, it was, it was, fraught with with many difficulties like a lot of leagues were back then you know even the nfl struggled when to get off the ground at first um but they could never really just overcome those hurdles and, and gain the footing um just we discussed the teams we talked to players um there's there's personal stories in there you know an, an, analysts uh, analysis i'm sorry about uh just just women in sports and and what all the different intricacies that that involved in the seventies with uh, women's rights and title nine and all of that stuff. And, and just really the crux of it is just getting to know the players who played in this league and, and what it meant to them and just how incredible they were. 
um so yeah that's that's the book in in a nutshell and and Lindsay, is there any players from that league that maybe down like deserve some football hall of fame consideration um because i i was i was brought like i looked through some of the teams and i did a little research on my own i found a couple players that seemed to really dominate the league that were really well known um you know, I, I can't tell you if that's been brought up in the inner circles. I'm talking to a couple Hall of Fame voters actually later this week that are in the room. I'm going to bring it up to them because I honestly, as you said, I didn't know much about this league. I didn't know it lasted so long. Um, but some of the players, there, there were some dominant players in that league. In, in the, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's not the NFL Hall of Fame. I, I want to kind of pose, has that been brought up? But are there any players off the top of your head that, you think deserves some consideration should be enshrined in the hall. Yeah. Yeah. There was a running back for a team called the Toledo troopers who they went undefeated for like eight straight seasons. Um, her name is Linda Jefferson and she had more career yards than um, OJ Simpson. Um, she averaged, I think something like 14 yards per touchdown run. She just, she ran, she ran all over the field. She ran over people. Um, she would definitely be up for consideration. Probably the best, not probably the best uh, player in women's football history. Um, but not only that, here's a connection for you. There was a linebacker who played for the LA Dandelions named Barbara Patton. She used to bring her son, uh, Marvkus, to practices and stuff. He grew up to be a linebacker for the Buffalo Bills and played on those Bills teams in the 90s. Uh, and she always said, that it would be cool if the league got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I mean, back then she was hoping Marvkus would get into the Hall of Fame. They could go in together. Um, but yeah, I just think the league itself needs some kind of recognition. Yeah, and I'm hoping your book can provide that. Um, and, and speaking of, I'm glad you brought up Linda, Jeff Linda Jefferson. She was the one showing up on my searches the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was pretty shocked. I was, I was hoping you could clarify because I'm shocked by this stat. So her first season, she ran for 1,300 yards, 32 touchdowns. But it, it states that she averaged 14.4 yards a carry one season. Does that seem accurate from what you your research showed? And well, we have it as she she averaged 14 yards per touchdown run. So okay. she'd be 14 yards back. You know, gotcha. this was no goal line in the I formation. She would just torch the D for about 15 yards for a touchdown run. I wouldn't be surprised if her average from scrimmage was, was really high though. Probably like eight or nine yards, maybe even higher than that. Okay. Cause yeah, she was the one show, showing up in most of my searches and she was actually inducted um, kind of tying to the hall of fame here to the semi pro hall of fame mm -hmm. um, back in 2002. But uh, again, I, I think it's a, it's a, it was established league. It went on for over a decade. Like it should get some consideration. So I, I am going to be bringing this up. I, I am curious if the, the voters know who this was, maybe they know more than, than I do. And, mm -hmm. and this has been brought up, but it's something that's curious to me and your book brought up um, is now curious to me. So um, again, that book is coming out this November, be on the lookout. And, and Lindsay, is this something you can pre-order right now or we're still finishing up all the nuts and bolts of it, but we're hoping to have it. Our publisher is uh, hoping to have it uh, available for pre-order by March. Awesome. So um, everyone listening today, be on the lookout for 
pre-orders being available in March. Go check out that book. And if you don't already, check out Lindsay's writing on The Athletic. I know she covers the WNBA um, as well as uh, she writes for the Buffalo, um, The Athletic Buffalo. Um, and then also follow her on Twitter. Tweets out a lot of great stuff on there. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, thank you very much for joining today. Appreciate you coming on and, and happy to have you on as the very first guest of 2021, which is hopefully going to be a much better year than last year. Oh my God. I hope so. Yeah. Especially if the bills win the super bowl though. Hey, the bills are chiefs for you, right? You got right. two in Could the game. Be either. So. Could be either. All right, Lindsay, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me on. All right. So I want to thank Lindsay again for coming on the podcast to talk about Steve Tasker. There's not many opportunities to talk about special teams players quite like him. So really enjoyed our conversation today. As I said at the top of the podcast, you know, Steve Tasker in 2021 will not be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He did not make it as a finalist. Uh, he was a semifinalist yet again this year, but did not make that final cut to 15. Uh, so we will have to wait another year here. Uh, so if you're, and again, I will replay this every time he is up uh, for the Hall of Fame in the future. Uh, so if you're listening in the future again, hello. Thank you for joining. Uh, for those of you joining either in, in the present or in the future, uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a rating. Every rating and review does help. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. There's going to be a lot of football podcasts coming up. Again, this is talking now back to the people in 2021. There's a lot of football episodes coming up as we get closer to the, the voting period for the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, it will take place the week before the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, it's usually the day before the Super Bowl this week because of COVID. Again, 2021 talk here. Uh, it will be the week before, so we will have a lot of football podcasts leading up to it. Uh, so, so get ready for some football uh, coming up. So thanks again for joining. We will talk to you next Monday.